millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others and leading guests from the world of women's football. Cuts back onto her right foot oh. and finds the net. On TalkSport 2. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. There were shocks at the top and the bottom of the WSL table this weekend. Chelsea riding out a storm at Tottenham, but holding on to a slender lead at the top of the table. Anderson only just on from the substitutes bench. Oh, that's a quality ball, and a quality finish, and it is in! Sam Kerr! does what Sam Kerr does best. Birmingham City pull off a big win to keep things interesting in the battle against relegation. Cross towards the far post, headed down and in! Oh, it's Louise Quinn! The Beatrice Sarri was at the heart of it again. Goal scorer turn provider, a pinpoint perfect cross. And our very own Faker Others has sat down with Bibiana Stenhouse-Webb, the PGMOL's Women's Select Group Director, to discuss refereeing in women's football. One thing is for certain, whatever we decide, the referee is going to be ready to support whatever is necessary for the development of the game. We're also going to be hearing from England manager Serena Beekman as well. All to come on Women's Football Weekly, National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others. Hi, I'm Leah Williamson from Arsenal Women and you can follow the WSL on TalkSport 2. Lovely to be back with you tonight. I haven't been here in a little while. My name's Shabana Heron. In for Faye Carruthers, who's having a wee night to herself tonight. Fair enough. I'm pleased to say that alongside me tonight is Scotland captain and Aston Villa defender, Rachel Corsi. Good evening, Rachel. Hi, Shaban. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Great to have you with us tonight, because if I were to have like a wish list of who could be on the show today, it was just perfect that you were here, because Aston Villa last night, you know, a goalless draw against Man United was just a massive result. It was, it was, it was huge. Um, and we worked very hard for it. So I think there'll be some tired, or there will have been some tired legs today, but um, worth it. And I think the last few performances of, you know, we've built, we've built a lot of that resilience and being difficult to break down. And I think as well, you know, we've probably been unfortunate not to get a couple, couple more goals in our favour, but obviously nil nil against United is a good result for us and it's a good point. Absolutely. We'll get into it in more detail very, very soon. Uh, before we go any further, Rachel, how are you getting on? How's life at Villa? Are you settling back into the WSL? It's good. It's, it's been really good. I think obviously I had, well, I, I was ill when I first first arrived. I, I caught the dreaded, we don't need to say it, but um, you know, it's a disappointing start when you first arrive at a club, you want to make a good impression, um, you know, players and staff. So that was a difficult start. And I feel like I'm probably just getting a little bit of momentum and there's there's obviously not long to go until summer now but um we'll hopefully finish on, on a high in these these next two games and then you can enjoy a little bit of a break and then we can hit the ground running again through summer absolutely well it's good to have you with us tonight to get your thoughts on how things are looking in the WSL at the moment with just a few games to go and it was a really brilliant weekend I mean 
not for everyone, but lots of drama, shall we say. Some surprise results as well. Let's start at the Hive, shall we? Because that was a game like no other. Uh, Chelsea, very, very close to just dropping points and almost giving away. The league is what it seemed like at one point. Uh, Hand an advantage over to Arsenal. Uh, Ten players at one point, but they managed to find a way, uh, of course, past Tottenham. And it's where you look and go, even when the odds are against them, Chelsea are that good. They're very good. Um, you know, and I think they're possibly unlucky to go behind. I think having seen the goal back, you know, I think it it was an unfortunate one for Sophie Engel, but they have the depth and obviously they played most of that game a player down and they still probably for the most part dominated and um yeah, they're relentless. We we saw that a couple of weeks ago, you know, when we held on and they scored late against us too. They just have that resilience. And it does feel relentless when you're playing them at times. You know, you, you just can feel their big players just dying for that one extra chance and invariably they get it. Absolutely. Um, what you're talking about there in that moment was Tottenham taking the lead in the 15th minute because Sophie Ingle managed a wee own goal. Uh, Molly Bartrip's corner bounced off the post onto the leg of Ingle and the ball rolled in. Uh, and that's what happened there. And then Chelsea equalised through Guro Wrighton. What, what an outstanding season. She's had another goal for her. She's some player. Yeah, I was, I was just speaking about it the other day, actually. And um, I think she's possibly been their standout yeah. standout player. You know, I think mm. she scored some really, really important goals. And again, obviously at, at the weekend, getting them back on level terms, I think probably galvanised them as a whole. Um, I, I think she's probably going to say she meant it, but <laughs> well, I'll stay. But what? But what? <laughs> we'll no, tell on. us. <laughs> Shots fired at Guro Rice. <laughs> um, and then, of course, they went down to 10 men after that. And it was Anne-Catherine Berger who was at fault, uh, shown a straight red. She took down Rachel Williams when Rachel was on goal. She, Rachel Williams, is such a powerful unit to go up against and actually saw it in the flesh recently. And I was like, I didn't realise you know, quite the size and the strength of the woman. Um, and her moving through on goal, Anne-Catherine Berger taking her down. You can understand why. Yeah, and I think... You know, she's arguably, of course, she's got the red card and, and you know, Chelsea will now be without her. And um, I feel for Beth England too, because I think she was then the one sacrificed for um, them to mm-hmm. then take their second keeper back and, and put her in goals. But you could arguably say at that moment, I think Rachel Williams would have scored. So the fact that she prevented that, mm-hmm. you know, I think Chelsea might take that red card given how the game then played out. Yeah, and then obviously Sam Kerr doing Sam Kerr things. She managed to get the the winner in the 71st minute as well. And then another goal from Jesse Fleming, of course, uh, to make it 3-1 to Chelsea. Now, I wonder, Rachel, is this... They've got they've got Spurs again in the next game, which is coming up this Thursday. But do they have... Does Chelsea, do you think, have any mistakes left in them? Or is that it now? I mean, of course there are, though I don't... I mean, every every game you play, the other team always gets opportunities. And so I think... Don't necessarily know it was there was too many big errors in in the fact that I think Spurs are just a competitive side too. I think the game was played in a pretty good spirit. Um, I think the the nature of this league, any team can can take points from anybody, and so I I think that Chelsea will need to stay focused on on the task at hand. And I always think having to play a team back to back, I don't fully know why, but whenever you do that, it always seems to almost take away or nullify the advantage that would have otherwise been there if you hadn't played them the week previously. Mm-hmm. Um, and given what happened in the game, you know, and it's also a London derby, I think it will be really, really tough for them to go again against a similar side. So um, I, I don't think it's it's going to be plain sailing. However, I do also think if they play at the, you know, the intensity and capacity that they have across the squad. You know, I'm sure Emma will make changes because she uses her squad really, really well. Um, they have, it's in their hands very much so. And we can now look ahead to the latest in the Women's Super League action with now. Women's Football Weekly Preview on TalkSport 2 with a Now Sports membership. Stream the biggest moments from the Women's Super League live without a contract from 11 99 Search Now Sports 18+. plus. Stream via internet. Terms apply. 
Very much so. Looking forward to this round two twice in a matter of five days. Doesn't happen often, but Chelsea seeing Tottenham once again. Chelsea hosting this time. It's coming up this Thursday, the 28th. It's at 7.45. It feels like Spurs are really starting to drop down the table considering they had a really strong kind of, let's say, six months anyway. They're missing out now in what seems like that Champions League spot, which they dominated for quite some time. But what a change it's been for Spurs this season. Yeah, it has been. I think, well, from the outside, it appears, you know, I think the structure and stability that Rianne Skinner's brought to that team has had a massive influence on on just, not just performances, but also the results. And I know early on, you know, the... I think they had quite a few consecutive 1-0 victories and very quickly they put themselves in a really strong position. And as you, as soon as you do that, you know, you start to build that momentum and the belief to then be like, well, we can maintain this. And you, and you build that trust with one another and you start to get the breaks. And I think, yeah, they they have dropped away a little bit towards, towards this tail end of the season, but to have maintained the position that they did for so long, I think still deserves massive credit and, you know, I think if they can strengthen again through the summer, they're a, they're a team that a lot of players would love to play for. And, you know, I think Ryan Skinner is going to have the opportunity to bring in a lot of quality there. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And, uh, do you know, actually another conversation came up the other day was talking about when Alex Morgan came, you know, for that short yeah. period of time. What that does for a club when a, a player of her household name status and also being an outstanding footballer for our country as well and known all over the world comes to little old spurs, you know, women, it, it really did kind of galvanise the club and it puts them on a platform to attract other players from around the world as well. It definitely does. And I think we'll we'll see that across the league though yeah. as well. And I think, you know, on a personal note, that was one of the, the biggest incentives to want to come back was you're joining a league that's only going to go from strength to strength. It's going to continue to bring, you know, a whole diverse range of top players all around the world. It's going to attract them and, you know, not everyone now just looks at the top two or three. You're now looking yeah. at virtually the entire the entire table has something to offer in terms of what they do for their women's team and, and sort of the structure and framework that's been put in place for a lot of these clubs now. And um, that that's exciting because we need that. We want it to just keep moving in, in a really positive and forward direction. And we also want it to be competitive. It's at 7.45 kickoff there. That was a look ahead to the Women's Super League action with Now. And don't forget, with a Now Sports membership, you can stream the Women's Super League, including Chelsea v Tottenham, this Thursday live on Sky Sports without a contract. Search Now Sports. Women's Football Weekly Preview on TalkSport 2 with a Now Sports membership. Stream the biggest moments from the Women's Super League live without a contract from 11.99. Search Now Sports 18 plus stream via internet terms apply hey, let's talk about of course Arsenal as well after you know they at one point were going into their game thinking hold on a minute we might go on to to win the league now if Chelsea continue playing like this and we know that the the women were watching that game or aware of that game uh, while it was going on and I had, had a message actually um, with one of the players at Arsenal and she said no they're, they're too good there's no way they'll they'll lose this game and, and sure enough that's what happens and then of course they went up against Everton away last night and um, interesting game it was 3-0 Arsenal it's just been such a disappointing season for Everton. We mentioned there like the quality players that are coming to this league. Everton have so many of them. I think it was a record summer transfer window that, that Everton have. And uh, now knocking their way through the, the coaches as well. Um, what, what's it? Why is it not happening, Rachel? Where's it going so wrong? Yeah, I mean, it's difficult to know when you're not in there and you, you don't fully know the, the ins and outs, of course, but... I think what everyone does know is that they've not achieved what perhaps was expected of them, especially when you looked at how they how they did last season. They did very, very well under Willie Kirk. And, yeah. and as you say, he spent a lot in summer and brought in some really, really good players, but it, it didn't quite happen for them early on. And as you've said, they've they've gone through a couple of managers now, which again is never a good sign. You, you know how that can kind of disrupt the culture and the flow of a team, which can be really difficult then when you come to the the weekend having to perform, but they're definitely not at, at probably the level that they're capable of. Well, they're definitely mm-hmm. not the level they're capable of. I think when you look at the game yesterday, Arsenal totally dominated from the start. I think when you look at something like 25 shots on goal, I think mm-hmm. to be at home, to to give a, a team that many opportunities, especially a team like Arsenal, you know, I think probably 3-0 almost is flattering. So yeah. 
um, and that it could have been many, many more. So I, they'll be disappointed. I think they'll just want the season to be done, to be honest, and look to regroup. But it, it's sad for a team like Everton, I would say, who've in the past really been a driving force. Of course. Um, in one word, would you have kept Willie Kirk? Oh. <laughs> I don't oh, no. know. That's not what <laughs> she doesn't know. Pass. Uh, let's talk about the, the performance then for Arsenal. Wonderful stuff. Another great season for Beth Meadwell. When I say another great season, it feels like she'd trickled off for a while and she's on the form of her life at the moment. 50 goals in the WSL. The same for Jordan Nobbs, who also joined the 50 club as well. Um, you've known the girls for quite some time. What an achievement would that be for them? Yeah, it's, it's a great achievement. These personal milestones mean a lot. Um, and I think they're both two of the, the top players that have, have played through the league and contributed so much to the league for a very long time. You know, Jordan's been in it from, from the start. Um, and they're, they're both now at a top club where they understand the expectations are always to keep moving the barn. Mm-hmm. To have sustained that level for so long, I think it's just a credit to them. They deserve the praise that they'll get. And, you know, I, I think they'll both feel that they hope that those goals can contribute to them to them getting some silverware some silverware by the end of the season. Okay, so it's Arsenal Villa uh, next weekend, then it's Spurs uh, for Arsenal, and then they've got West Ham for the last game of the season as well. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. My name's Shabana Hearn. Scotland captain Rachel Corsi is with me as well. And coming up, we're going to chat through the rest of the weekend's WSL action. Good evening, how are you? This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football. My name's Shabana Hearn and Aston Villa defender Rachel Corsi is here with us as well. And don't forget, if you miss any of our shows at all, you want to listen again, our podcast is available on the TalkSport app, so you can download that today and hear it all or listen all again to the dulcet tones of Rachel Corsi, who, by the way, what a defending moment last night for yourself and Anita Asante at the back for Aston Villa against Manchester United it was a goalless draw but one of those games that was so important for Villa just to you know retain and keep building and to take the Champions League spot almost away from Manchester United and doing Manchester City a bit of a favour Rachel Um, have you had any thanks messages from any of your Man City pals today? <laughs> I've not. Because <laughs> that would be bad sportsmanship. <laughs> uh, but yeah, huge performance for Villa. It, what, what did Carla say um, afterwards? Because I believe she was very, very pleased with the, with the result. Yeah, she was. She didn't have too much to say other than um, to just reiterate that we should be proud of how we performed. But there's two games still to go. And, you know, we have to start believing that these results are, are earned. You know, I yeah. think... I think that's one thing when I when I first arrived, I think there was a lot of narrative around survival, um, which was understandable because you, you do start to feel the pressure when you're in certain positions in the table. But um, I think the narrative's changed a little bit and now it's a little bit of like of looking up and mm-hmm. thinking, OK, how do we build? And I think as soon as you can find those moments where you can just shift that narrative a little bit, then it's amazing what that does to just the attitude day to day and also then the attitude when you go into into a game. And again, I think we've just, we've built a little more belief and, and trust within each other and you're starting to see little partnerships come to light and, mm-hmm. and really flourish. And I think I've, I've really enjoyed, you know, being here and getting to know the players. Mm-hmm. There was a couple, obviously I've known for a long time, but not necessarily played with and a couple as well I've played with at Birmingham and there's a lot of talent in, in the locker, in the changing room and, you know, we can, I think how competitive this league is, you can prepare every single week to give yourself an opportunity to get a good result. And that's ultimately what, what we're trying to do game after game. And I think the last three performances now, um, four even, uh, I think you can count the Chelsea game within that too. I think we're starting to see a different team than probably what, what we saw maybe a couple of months earlier. Yeah, especially going into the international break, you know, there was that Huge win over Spurs again. It was like digging deep and knocking them off uh, their game. And the game before that as well was holding Chelsea off until stoppage time, you know, until they made it 1-0. So there has been huge improvements, I think, when you're watching Villa. And you look at United last night, they had 18 shots, six in target and 62% possession, but they couldn't find the back of the net. And I think looking ahead to this game, Rachel, 
I was saying, all right, okay, Hannah Hampton's not there, who on her day, she can be brilliant. You know, she's had a few wobbles herself, you know, in goal. Um, and then Jill Scott, who I think when you watch Jill come on, she's the kind of player who can change the game in an instant. Um, so I think when I was looking at the team, I was going, right, okay, that, that they're, a, they're a couple of big misses. But with no disrespect, they weren't missed last night. You know, Villa defended so well. Yeah, I think naturally we, we rode our luck a couple of times. Um you kind of need that in those games, you know. And I think when you come, when you withstand some of the pressure that they built up in certain spells of the game, that that galvanizes you too. And I think what we did well also after those sort of periods in the game, we found a way to to give ourselves a little bit of an opportunity to then go and attack it and just change that momentum. And I think that was something that we possibly have spoken about, but not mm-hmm. quite seen. Um, materialized so that was a positive too and yeah you're totally right you know you've two players Hannah and Jill who are England internationals who come with you know even if as you say they're top players but it's not just that it's the impact that they can have on the opposition when teams know they're on the pitch they they have a slightly different response too so we knew we were missing those those two players and that would be something that possibly Man United might have taken an extra you know, inch of encouragement from, but mm-hmm. the players that that play, every single player, you know, the, the subs that came on, Shania and Shani, outstanding, and we need that. We need an entire group that understands the game plan and can come on when and when they're asked to do a job, they can come on and deliver. And I thought there were so many positives from last night that I think again take us another step forward. And mm-hmm. I think consistent growth is going to be something that will really, in time, make a massive difference. And and that's exciting to be a part of a club that has the ambition and the buy-in to want to do that. Other side of Manchester, uh, doing what they're doing best at the moment. Um, on some run at the moment, Manchester City 4, Leicester City 0. Um, and another comfortable win for City. Um, a lovely opener from Caroline Weir, your Scotland international pal, who is on an unbelievable form as well at the moment. They're getting it so right. And I, th- I feel obviously... You can understand now why Gareth Taylor and they stuck with him because there was questions over whether his job would be safe at the start of the season with the budget that he had and with the players that he had. But so many key players like Chloe Kelly, who got another assist, you know, yesterday were out injured. Um, and now they're all coming back, you know, and, and just the strength and depth in that team is absolutely frightening. Yeah, I think, you know, their their start was a dif- was difficult, and I, I don't know if there was maybe some hangover from the Olympics. I know they had a lot of players that obviously True. were there, and there was a lot mm-hmm. of narrative around that at the beginning, and they did probably suffer. Um, and now you're starting to see their form, which has been very very consistent certainly since the turn of the new year, and um, they've just gone from strength to strength and and sort of flew up the table. And I think now you would say that they're favourites to get that third and final Champions League spot, and they've more than earned that. I mean. And just, you know, you touched on Caroline Weir. I think Kaz is without doubt one of the best midfielders in the league, in the world, potentially. And, you know, she probably doesn't, her name probably isn't spoken about as much as yeah. some of the others because they have a team that's that's full of quality. And, um, you know, she's just a young Scottish girl in a, <laughs> a largely English team. But yeah. she's one of the best players I've ever played with. And, um you know, every time you're on the pitch with her, you, her quality just shines through. She's someone who has a very special connection with the football. So um, it's always pleasing to see her get on the score sheet. Yeah, no, I bet it is. Even I enjoy it as well. And she she scores worldies as well. That's what oh, Caroline seems to do. It's um, frightening and frankly, a little bit disturbing as well. But we <laughs> like it. Uh, Alex Greenwood also uh, getting a penalty to make it 4-0 as well. And Lauren Hemp, uh, she got on the score sheet as well. Another player, I think maybe the future of England is Lauren Hemp. And we actually watched the, the FA Cup semi-final, Arsenal against uh, Chelsea last week. And Lisa Evans, your your Scotland international colleague, uh, was sitting next to us. And she said that she just finds Lauren Hemp unplayable. Was her was her saying stuff? Doesn't you just can't get near the ghetto? Yeah, she's she's another one that's just on exceptional form. I think her finish yesterday. I think it was a little dink over the goalkeeper. It was lovely, um, mm. which probably isn't something that we've maybe seen too much of. You know, normally you see her just powering past players like they're not they're not there. She has incredible ability to dribble with the ball at her feet and and just jink by people, which I think is such a special talent in the game if if you've got that skill. So. Um, yeah, Man-, Man City are very fortunate that they have so many players, especially in possession, that can cause teams so much damage. And you know, I think 
I think Leicester probably really felt the wrath of that. I think mm-hmm. they couldn't get their foot on the ball and all that does is throughout the game, it just feels like it builds and builds and it, it almost becomes unstoppable and it's another tough result for them, really. Yeah, they don't just win by 1-0. It's like at least three goals at a time is Man City. They've got Brighton, Birmingham and Reading left to play in their final few games. Is the Champions League spot theirs, Rachel? Again, similar to the league title, you have to go out and win the games. There there won't be a single easy game in this league, I don't think, probably ever. Um, mm-hmm. Even when the scoreline seems flattering and, and one-sided, I, I would never say anyone would describe it as easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they switch off, then teams can can certainly cause them some damage. Um, but at the same time, if they can keep up their form and, and keep switched on, I think they are favourites because I think they are in, in slightly better form and and that momentum counts for something, and especially a team that's got experience, international experience. Um, if they can use that and utilise it fully to their advantage, they'll be difficult to stop. Uh, we want to talk about the massive win for Birmingham against Brighton at the weekend as well. It's Brighton won Birmingham 3. Um, it looks like it's almost too little too late for Birmingham, Rachel, which is it's just sad because they're such a prolific WSL club. Um, but it looks like they're going down. But performances like that, it just shows how much the women are fighting in that team. They are. And, you know, when I was when I was there, as you touched on, they always had that. Um, there was always that togetherness, which I think it is so powerful. But like you say, I think they've had a, a poor season for, for different reasons. I think they have a group of players who have definitely always fought hard. And again, you know, they haven't been on the end of, you know, really significant losses it's, it's been narrow right the way through and I think of of the points they've earned you know if you remember they actually did beat Arsenal that that was the other game that they've won so um I, I just think it, it's been a tough season and yes yeah, obviously at that point in time when it is getting close to mathematically being almost over that's that's perhaps just given them that little bit of an edge and perhaps you know playing a, a side like Brighton who We've obviously prepared to want to win that game, but at this stage in the season, when there's not that much for for Brighton to play for, possibly they they maybe some of the players aren't quite as motivated as they would have been earlier on in the season, and I think that's opened the door a little bit. But um, credit to Birmingham, they're they're still in it, and um, you know it'll be tough next weekend. Though they've got two really really tough games coming up. I've got Chelsea next weekend, then they've got Manchester City, and then it's you guys, Aston Villa. Uh, a nice little end, six eight derby uh, for your final game of the season. Um, I, f- I feel for I feel for Birmingham via Tricky Sari, um, outstanding goal from her yesterday, going past about three or four players to to put it in the back of the net. Louise Quinn um, got five goals now this season, two from her again yesterday. Such a strong team, players like that. It looks like they're going to be going to the championship though, um, and it almost feels like. I keep getting in trouble for saying this, but if they've been back from the board earlier on, uh, I can't imagine they would be in this position. Yeah, and I don't think that's just been an immediate issue for this season. And I think there there was warning signs before yeah. which the board were made aware of. So, um, as you say, it's sad because Birmingham are, are a, a club that's had a lot of history in the women's game. Um, but hopefully, you know, they have improved things a lot and they're going to need all teams are going to need to keep improving the resources and the infrastructure that they give to the women's game because it's just going from strength to strength and, and growing and moving in such an aggressively forward direction that it needs to keep, you know, you can't just keep reacting to the growth and trying to keep up. You have to try and, um, you know, have a structure and a plan mm-hmm. to to look ahead. So possibly it gives them a chance to to get, you know, put the club back in where they wanted it to be. And, you know, the championship equally, if if that is their fate, then the championship will be tough too, because that's another another sort of stage of the women's game that, that's grown. And we've seen that with, you know, Bristol obviously went down last year and haven't managed to come automatically back mm-hmm. up. So it, it's going to be tough, but that's just a good sign in general for, for the audience and, and everything around the women's game in this country. Yeah, massive win for Birmingham the weekend. Uh, 3-1 over Brighton. Uh, They face Chelsea, City and Aston Villa. Mathematically, they can save themselves, but they've got a right challenge ahead. And Rachel, just finally, 2-1 West Ham over Reading. What a goal from Hasegawa as well. Exceptional. Um, She's a a very, very, very good player and probably someone Mm. that maybe has gone under the radar this, this season a little bit, but... 
absolutely exceptional goal. Um, the way she sort of faked past two players and then just passed it in and obviously got the assist on the other one as well. So top performance from her and obviously a, a good win for West Ham too. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Top Sport 2. My name's Shabana Heron and for Fake and Others, Scotland captain Rachel Corsi is here as well. Coming up next, we're going to hear from the PGMOL's Women's Select Group Director, Bibiana Stenhouse-Webb, next on Top Sport 2. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How you doing? Welcome back to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football. Lovely stuff. My name is Shabana Hearn and for Faye and Rachel Corsi from Aston Villa and Scotland International is here as well. And don't forget, if you miss any of our shows at all or you want to listen again, download our podcast. It's available now on the TalkSport app to download that today. Last week, Faye and others sat down with Bibiana Stenhouse-Webb, the PGMOL's Women's Select Group Director. Stenhouse-Webb is overseeing a in the Women's Super League and Women's Championship. And our fake others started out by asking what it is her role exactly entails. Bibi, it's so lovely to sit down and, uh, and finally chat to you. We've wanted to talk to you here on Women's Football Weekly for, for a long time since you were, you were appointed. How is the new role going? You're, you're almost six months into it now. Thank you, Faye. Thanks for having me. And um, it's really exciting to look back at... Yeah, almost like over half a year now that I'm in this role and uh, looking uh, forward as well, like what else is coming around the corner. So for our listeners who maybe don't know exactly what you were brought to the PGMOL to do, can you explain to them what you came here to do? Absolutely. So my job title is I'm a Women's Select Group Director. What does this actually mean? So I am taking care of all the officials in the women's game, women's super league, women's championship, um, all the female officials, but as well as the male officials who are supporting this journey. And we are taking care of all the, all the chems, all the education, all, um, all the online meetings, all the structures, all the strategies, all the support around the referees. There are so many different layers of fitness support, of psychological support, of support of their referee coaches where they're talking through their individual matches and certain um, certain incidents that happened on the field of play. So it's like a full... A full support around all the officials in the women's game. Yeah, and I think it's important that everybody is is, is pulling in the same direction. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure, bearing in mind 
we know there have been some poor decisions uh, across the WSL this season and over the last cu- couple of seasons. Um, you know, a few spring to mind in Rosella Ryan's handball, for example, for, for, for Tottenham, um, uh, various others, uh, red cards that perhaps shouldn't have been red cards, etc. Um, an offside goal for Beth Mead is, a, is another one. I think everybody knows that we're in a state with the women's game now where it feels as if the football itself on the pitch has accelerated at such a rate that the officiating hasn't yet caught up. How much of a gap is there? What are the coaches and the players coming to you and and saying in terms of being critical but constructive criticism perhaps? Faye, I absolutely agree. We had some decision-makings where with a reflection of the the day after the match where you think like yeah we we should have done that differently but and you have highlighted some incident here but I really really feel that I have to put that into um into awakening into into um context into context thank you um it's really like we in the women's super league in the women's championship over the season we have 264 fixtures, 264. And on average, in every game, a referee is taking up to 300 decisions. So we are talking over a season about like 79,000-ish decisions. Wow. And you are highlighting five of them. Yeah. So, and you There do, are more than that, in that fairness. They are a few more. Well, and that's fine. And that's absolutely correct. And they are crucial. And they are changing, possibly, the outcome of a match. And this is so important that we are talking about them. Mm. But to put that in context, um, there's so many more decisions that the referees are taking who are doing, like, absolutely brilliant. So looking at this number of incidents where it becomes crucial and where we have to reflect absolutely... Um, we have this support around the referees to make sure that um, we we eliminate and we reduce the the traps that are all around. And so it's really, what do we learn from these situations? How can we prepare better for the next game? Who do we need to get involved within the teams as well to get these things right? And this is the journey we are on. And this is where we want to get to. And I can't talk for like seasons before that. I can talk from season we have started now and the officials I'm meeting and the results I'm seeing. And I have to say they are, the majority of the games are are delivered really safely, really nicely. And we have some really, really experienced officials who are doing a brilliant job. And yes, we have to take a few situations into consideration to get things better, as well as every football club will find situations where they probably could have scored or have done other things as well. So we all grow and develop the game together. Yeah, everybody has to has to do better. And, and the good thing is, is to go back and reflect on things, for, for sure. You, you mentioned the word professional a few times when, when you were speaking <laughs> earlier. And, and I think that's something that, that most people who follow the women's game are interested in. We have professional players now. When are we going to be getting professional, full-time, paid, properly referees? We have so many things to deal with as referees. So just a normal week, for example, when you get your appointment on Monday, so you prepare for the teams, like which fee- which teams do I meet? How is this set up? Who is likely to play? Which key players do I meet? Left foot, right foot. How do they play set pieces? What about the goalkeepers? How do they do their job on earth and in the air? Like all these different informations that you take into consideration when it comes to your own preparation for the game. You do all your fitness bits and pieces who you are asked to do to be in the best shape on the weekend as well. And then you're, you're like 
you're preparing and planning your meals appropriate, your sleep, like all these surroundings as well. And then you travel to your venue, you meet your team, you meet your assistants, you prepare, you talk through what can happen, how do we fix situations, how do we communicate, how do we speak to each other. Then the game happens and surely like after the game, you reflect on the decisions you have taken, the decisions you would probably do different in the future. You reflect all these 90 minutes with your referee coach. So you watch the game back, you watch a different clips, you think like, oh, this has done, this has been best practice. I definitely want to do that in my next game as well. I would like to shape this situation a bit different. And so you are already at the beginning of the week in your preparation for the next match. And if I'm talking about that, you can see that this takes time. Mm. And this is the next step really to, to buy the time of the officials to make them prepare and to make them um, being in their best shape possible. How how does that happen? Because obviously a lot of these women have full-time jobs already or part-time jobs. Um, uh, you know, it, obviously we've talked about money. It has to be mm-hmm. worthwhile for them. They have to want to do this as a full-time mm-hmm. career. What, what are you hearing from them as, as to what they want for the next step forward? A full-time professional career is definitely in the goal for some of them. Um, as they really want to progress in football and they are so dedicated and have their goals not only in the women's game as well in the men's game and want to reach the highest possible level. But we also have some who really enjoy the the refereeing bit but also like to have the balance of, let's say, a normal life like being down to earth, like understanding what actually the people in this country are facing. I think football is a bit of a different world and we have to acknowledge that this is um, the case. So never lose your roots. Always make sure that you know where you're coming from. And it is it is a big honor to be involved in a professional game like football um, in these days as it is. I also want to talk to you about light VAR. I know there's only so much you're, you're able to, to, to talk about it and, and when it might be implemented. But of course, it's, it's a great headline uh, for everybody in, in the media to say we could potentially be getting light VAR in, uh, in the WSL. What, what are the chances of that? How does that realistically work, bearing in mind some of the stadia we're talking about um, in, in the Super League and they share grounds, for example, with National League uh, teams as well. What, what more can you tell us? Faye, it's really interesting because you are absolutely into detail already because, as you said, there are so many questions around potential implementation of VAR light, VAR some other techno- technology, who knows? But one thing is clear, we are in, we as PGML, we are in close contact with the league, with the competition department to, to, um, to look at all the possibilities that we have together to make sure that we serve the game in the best way possible. So we don't know how the future looks like, but we know that we are in really close contact to make all these questions you've just raised about the stadiums, the amount of cameras, or maybe goal line technology. What do you need? How do the officials prepare? What about um, the technical support you need for all of that? But also what about the human resources you need for all of that? One thing is for certain, whatever did we decide the referee is going to be ready to support whatever it's necessary for the development of the game. That's Faye Carruthers from Women's Football Weekly uh, sitting down with Bibiana Stenhouse Webb. And if you want, you can catch the extended version of the interview in the podcast edition of Women's Football Weekly this week. Stenhouse Webb, as we as we heard, they're overseeing officiating the Women's Super League and the Women's Championship. Rachel Corsi with us tonight. Uh, Rachel, briefly, we can't go into this in immense detail, but... I mean, simply the refereeing has to be much better if the women's game wants to go in the right direction. Yeah, it's another avenue that I think we need to to look at. And obviously it's a real positive that we are in 
I'm actually BB as I think she was preferred to be referenced when she was actively a referee. I had her a couple of times at international level, and she's certainly one of one of the best referees. The best. Yeah, yeah. Let's call it the best. Um, and so that can only be a positive, and I think it's something that there's always going to be mistakes, and, and that's okay. But I think there's been probably too many this season, and I think. Another another part of it is, of course, we want to have female referees at the top of the game, but we have to give them a chance to succeed. And I think we need to consider the WSL as one of the highest and top levels that there are within the women's game, certainly in a domestic level. And, and we have to try and, you know, build a, a refereeing infrastructure as well that can actually succeed within, within that framework too. And I think at the moment it's it's been challenging in a number of, sort of ways so I'm glad there's a review and, and hopefully it just means that that moving forward there's there's less controversy over big moments yeah absolutely that it's always going to happen but if we can reduce yeah. the risk by bringing in better refs and giving them support uh it's only going to get better right you're listening to women's football weekly on talk sport 2 the uk's only national radio show dedicated to women's football my name's shabana heron rachel corsi here as well and coming up next we're going to hear from england boss serena bagman Hello, good evening and welcome back to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football. My name's Shivana Hearn, in for Faker Others tonight and Aston Villa defender and Scotland captain Rachel Corsi here as well. Rachel, Liverpool lifting the championship trophy this weekend, celebrating in style with a 6-1 win over Sheffield United. Liverpool now coming back up to the WSL. Yeah, I think everyone's looking forward to this one, certainly all the neutrals. And yeah, I mean, you, you want to have Liverpool in, in the top flight, don't you? So it's, yeah, it's a game that everyone's going to look forward to. I think it adds value to the game. And obviously, you know, Matt Beard's gone back there and, and built that success again, which he's obviously done in the past in the top flight. So um, he'll be relishing that opportunity once again. Yeah, I mean, a manager who knows the WSL all too well uh, to have a little hiatus in another league and come back up um, will be interesting. I think he'll be a man on a mission to make sure Liverpool aren't in a relegation spot next season whatsoever. And of course, there's the investment into the club as well, attracting bigger players too, shall we say? Definitely. And I think, I don't know how well you know Matt Beard, but he's a high energy, infectious, encouraging sort of character and I think he'll be someone who'll, who he loves to get the best out of his players he's got a wealth of experience in the game and not just in England he's been over in the US too so he's someone that certainly will want to you know as you say not just settle to to be in the division you want to really push on um, and it, it's it's exciting for, for me yeah. it's just really exciting. On another sidebar story, um, Matt Beard was at one of the Arsenal games uh, a couple of years ago, we'll say two and a half years ago, because my kids were just born. And my sister, Rusha, who plays with you at Aston Villa, we went along to watch the Arsenal game. And uh, Matt Beard was standing in front of us and Rusha was like, that's Matt Beard. Now, Rusha didn't have a club at the time. And she was like struggling, you know, she didn't want to be over with football, but couldn't seem to get in anywhere. And I said, go speak to him. And she was like, no, I can't. Anyway, she DM'd him not too long after, managed to get his number. And um, he said, okay, come and train at West Ham. We'll put you through your paces. We can't guarantee you anything, but if you want to train, we'll give you that opportunity to train. And then she managed to get in here and there. Didn't get a contract, but when you mention a man who just you know, what's the best for people and, you know, we'll, we'll challenge people and get them involved. I thought, what a nice thing to do, you know, that he gave her that opportunity. And now she is back in the WSL that I always think of him and think he must be a good manager. Um, so, yeah, well done, Liverpool and Matt Beard coming back up to the WSL. Let's talk about Coventry United because they could pull off the unthinkable next weekend, Rachel, and survive despite receiving a 10-point deduction for entering voluntary liquidation at the start of the season as well going up against Watford for that final game of the season and Watford were favourites all the way through. Oh, scenes. Scenes yeah. that'll be. It's remarkable that they're even in this position and I think they've just gone game at a time and we have a couple of players, you know, at Villa who are on loan there at the moment and, um, you know, you just it's a cup final now and Watford have certainly brought this on themselves a little bit. It was more than in their hands to make sure they were out, out of reach but here we are, one game to go and um, it's all to play for so again just 
great spectacle and I'm sure there'll be a big yeah. crowd because you know this is what fan this is what we love about football yeah I would go down to the Watford game but I think my husband would never speak to me again because he's from Luton so in fact I might go to the Watford game then <laughs> okay last week talk sports Bradley Hayden sat down with England manager Serena Vigman as part of the FA and Nationwide's Where Greatness is Made campaign Bradley Hayden spoke to Serena about her England's preparations for the Euros new captain Leah Williamson and her inspirations growing up I started playing football when I was around six or seven and uh, when I was that age which is a long time ago uh, girls were not allowed to play so I played illegally um, so actually I didn't have role models because when I was so young there were no women that were visible for me that I could see as a as a role model or, or example for me so I had um, men role models uh, not that I thought I could be them but just really because I loved the sport so much and I really loved watching them um, so but times changed and now young kids, boys and girls, have role models and have examples. And that's just so great to having being part of that journey. Leah Williamson is the, is the new England captain. I mean, is she someone in maybe 50 years that we're going to be maybe celebrating as part of this campaign in the future? And what are her main qualities? Yeah, well, I really hope that we will celebrate that because that means that we've been really successful and that's what we really want. Um, then what I see, well, in, in, in Leah at the moment, she's, she's playing really well. So you have to perform first. That's, that's what brings us together, perform. And then, uh, yeah, then you, you're, you're a leader in the team. I think we have lots of leaders in our team um, in different stages in their careers. But I think she, you know, she's very grounded um, and connects, is a really good connection in the team. Um, and also then, uh, yeah kind of connection with the staff too but more players have that role um but but uh, she does that really well and looking ahead to the city euros this summer i mean just how pleased have you been by the progress the team has made in, in your time in the role and and what what changes have you noticed within the team since since you took over yeah it's what i really have noticed that the willingness and the commitment of this team is just incredible it has been such a joy to work with this team um, and what we started with, well, actually, we start with well, how um, to create an, an environment in which we really have high performance, high demanding standards, but also uh, respect for each other. Uh, so how we treat each other. So every player is unique. Every human being is unique. And we have to get to know each other better on and off the pitch. And communication is a big part in that. So we have to communicate with each other at all times when it's easy, but also when it's hard on and off the pitch, because then you get to understand each other better. Uh, and then people start, players start to speak up more, taking their responsibility. And when we speak up and we get discussions about the game or about team development, then we grow. And that's what I've seen uh, change a lot. Feeling confident enough, you can say what you think and that, that will be beneficial for the team. Um, and of course, yeah, we, we direct as a technical staff how we want to play, but we want the opinions of players and they have to, to, to know how, how, how do they feel? Do they think that this works or do we have to change just a little bit? But they're also competing with each other. So when we're in training session, they're really competing because they all want to make the team and want to make the starting lineup. But when we go into the game, we have to be really supportive. Um, so all these things together make that we, I think we grow a lot and hopefully we can show that um, our next friendly matches in preparation for the Euros. Serena Wiegmann there speaking to our Bradley Hayden. Great to hear how she is getting ready for the Euros. Rachel Corsi with me tonight. Rachel, I know we don't like to massively focus on England's successes because we're better Scots, but can England win the Euros? I hope not. No. (laughs) (laughs) I'll certainly need to make sure I'm not in England at that point. I think we're back in pre-season, but maybe I'll have a sore hamstring that day. (laughs) <laughs> it'll be t- it'll be tough to take, uh, but what a team! What a team they are under Serena Vigman. And I think there's one one manager that can do it. It will be her. Uh, listen, it's time to go. Rachel Corsi, thank you very much for taking the time to be with us tonight. It's been lovely to get your thoughts. Thank you. We'll be back with you very, very soon. Thank you very much to Faye, Bibiana Stenhouse-Webb, Serena Vigman, Bradley Hayden, producer Flo, and of course, all of you for listening as ever. And don't forget, if you miss any of the show, download the Women's Football Weekly podcast. It's via the TalkSport app. You can get it all there. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.